0: Welcome, everybody, to the Mandalorian podcast, where we're going to be talking a lot about the new Disney Plus original TV series, The Mandalorian, that debuts today, November 12th, 2019, along with the Disney Plus streaming service. My name is Steve Lascauzo. I love Star Wars. I love lots of other things, too, but I love Star Wars. And myself and Tim Harris are going to be bringing you episode recaps and our impressions of of what's to come in the new television Star Wars universe. Uh, We're going to have episodes after every single episode of the TV show, maybe even some special episodes mixed in between, and hopefully some special guests so that we can talk all about this new TV show and just what it means to us and what it means to the Star Wars loving public that uh, is so excited to see new live-action Star Wars Not just on the big screen, but on the small screen as well. And we're going to get into our first segment, which is talking about our first impressions about what we've seen on The Mandalorian. Okay, so first we must pass on what we have learned, as Yoda would say. And we need to talk about what is going to be happening today before we can talk about our impressions. First, the first episode called Chapter One is going to be released at some point today. It's directed by Dave Filoni and it's written by Jon Favreau. And I have a feeling that Dave Filoni probably also helped write a little bit of this episode. For those of you who don't know, Dave Filoni has worked on a lot of other Star Wars projects, including Star Wars Rebels, Star Wars Resistance, and the Clone Wars television series. And those are all animated. Uh, This is his first chance to direct live action. So I'm really excited. Why? Because Dave Filoni has had a very special place in the Star Wars family. He's really learned a lot of what he knows from George Lucas himself. Now, whether or not you like George Lucas and what he's done with the Star Wars franchise, he's really important, right? So Dave Filoni at least will be authentic to the Star Wars feeling. And that's something that I get from Jon Favreau as well. Jon Favreau He's a real big Star Wars fan. He specifically liked Boba Fett when he was growing up. So that's what this Mandalorian TV show really, that's how it got started was because he loved it so much and he pitched an idea and they had to tell him, look, Boba Fett's not even a Mandalorian. And John Favreau, you know, could have just been like, well, forget you guys. But instead he's like, well, I, I like this story. What can I do? Which is the perfect perfect way to get into the star wars family because they have their own idea and their own way of doing things and when he was willing to bend i bet you they were like hey this guy knows how to make movies Look at the iron man and how that jump started the marvel franchise john favreau's got a really good creative mind and he knows how to do a lot with visual effects and um and the live action he's good at dialogue i mean i don't know if you've ever watched swingers He's really good. He's a really good writer, uh, he's a really good director, and he's the perfect guy to help bring Star Wars to the small screen. And I don't even know if you can call that anymore because Disney Plus being a streaming service, I mean, television getting as large as they are, it's, uh, it's going to be really exciting to see Star Wars. Most importantly, my first impressions of The Mandalorian were all good. I remember seeing something at uh, Star Wars celebration. It was a le- it was leaked footage, and I saw this footage on YouTube, and it had the vibe of Return of the Jedi. Now, my favorite movie is Return of the Jedi. Uh, it's just something about that movie was at the right time of my life. I was probably six, seven years old, and. It was the first movie I saw in the theaters. I'm sure I had seen Empire Strikes Back before that. Um, home video had, had had certainly come out by then, and I remember seeing all both of the other uh, Star Wars movies, uh, New Hope, and uh, which wasn't necessarily called New Hope back when it was released, but uh, Empire Strikes Back as well. Saw both of those movies um, on VHS, and uh, and I can remember. I still remember the day going to see. Return of the Jedi. We went to dinner at uh, Burger King on U.S. 19, and uh, ended up going to see that movie. My my little brother got sick, and I don't think my mom, um, or I don't think my mom could see the end of the movie because uh, my little brother had been sick, had gotten sick, and had to leave the theater. Uh, but just seeing that movie, just it was the perfect movie for me. I never wanted to be any other character other than Luke Skywalker. My brother and a lot of other people like Han Solo the best. But me, I was always a Luke Skywalker guy. But this Mandalorian footage had so many little nods. And you'll see, and we'll talk about them in our first episode recap. Uh, these Just these little nods to the universe. And what I mean by that is, if you watch the new movies, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, there is a different vibe. Now, of course, there's 30 years, supposedly, between the end of The Return of the Jedi and the beginning of The Force Awakens, but there's something else. It just doesn't feel—it feels like a different universe almost, just just by a hair. This one, The Mandalorian, the TV show, at least from the footage I've seen, um, both in the trailers and in that um, sneak peek that I got to see on YouTube, uh, which is probably going to be part of the the first episode, just seemed to hit me in, in, a, in a perfect place. It was the show that I didn't even know I wanted, but now that I've seen it, I know that I want it. Uh, there's a lot coming up in this um, in this series. In fact, we've already heard what the first three chapters are really going to be about. There's a, he's going to get a bounty. He's going to or he's going to receive the bounty. He's going to go and track down the bounty, and then he's going to be challenged after he's got that bounty in Chapter 1, Chapter 2, and Chapter 3. Chapter one's going to air today, later today, November 12th. Uh, Chapter 2 is going to come later, November 15th, later this week. And then after that, it'll be every Friday, so November 22nd is going to be Chapter 3. Now, there are eight scheduled episodes, so that doesn't allow for three sets of three bounties so to speak that doesn't allow for three three episode arcs so either the arc is going to continue after chapter three or um, perhaps there'll be a new bounty a new arc um, for the main characters Um, but we'll have to wait to see that but for now the impression that i get is that this is exactly the kind of star wars show that i want and I think it's most Star Wars fans, not all, but most Star Wars fans are going to have the same reaction to the show in that it feels like it's picking up where Return of the Jedi left off. This is normally the place where we're going to end up having recaps. Uh, this is where we're going to tear the ship apart until we found those plans, as Vader would say. We're going to have scene-by-scene scene recaps. Uh, we're going to decide between ourselves um, what is the most exciting, what moments in the show are going to need the most discussion. We might talk a little bit about the new Star Wars canon that might be introduced for the show, any Easter eggs that we notice. Um, and we're also going to do a little speculation. We're going to see how we feel about things, um, how it might fit in with future episodes, maybe it changes how we see one of the other Star Wars properties, uh, maybe the movies or some of the other comics, books, movies, shows, you name it. Um, and we're going to just talk a little bit about what we think is going to happen in Star Wars after each episode. Now that could change from episode one to episode eight. We, we might not end up liking this show at all, but I think we are going to like it. I think Based on what I've seen, that we're going to like this show. There's some great, great actors in this thing. The Pedro Pascal, uh, I don't know if people know Game of Thrones. He was in Game of Thrones. Great actor. Gina Crown, not a great actress, but a good action actress. Uh, Nick Nolte. Uh, he, he's been up and down in his career, but he is a, he, you know, he, he's he's voicing an Ughnot from what I've seen in one of the trailers. Call Weathers. He is one of the live action performers. He's. Basically, going to give or going to connect the bounty hunter with his first big bounty in the show. Maybe not uh, as far as Star Wars canons is concerned, but uh, this the Mandalorian, Pedro Pascal, is is going to get hooked up based on what I've seen in that sneak peek footage and uh, other things that he's going to be connected with. Werner Herzog, who is a remnant of the Empire, Um, and he's uh, got a bounty, or maybe he's not. You know, there's, that's the one thing we have to be careful of is there's a lot that could happen in this show, but we don't know anything yet. This is just first impressions, and I'm just really excited because the names of the directors that are involved, Deborah Chow, Rick Famuyua, um, Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, Taika Waititi, uh, Dave Filoni, of course, it's so exciting to see different takes um, some of the best Game of Thrones episodes, uh, if you watched the Game of Thrones, were done by the same directors. Um, that is true. But each episode was important, and, and you couldn't tell the uh, Battle of the Bastards, so to speak, week after week. You had to have some of those other episodes that some of the fans, if you're big, heavy in, into action, you'd call them filler. But they're the ones that set up the great action pieces. And I think that's why the variety of directors that we're going to see is really going to be producing a really interesting show. Uh, Some of the visuals that we've gotten to see, um, we've gotten to see carbon free uh, bounties and carbon freeze. We've gotten to see the blasters. Um, The visual effects look great and they're spending a lot. Disney is spending a lot of money on this property. I wouldn't be surprised if some of their other creations, Disney's other creations, not Lucasfilms or um, George Lucas specifically, but it's like Batu, the new Star Wars Land, Galaxy's Edge uh, in uh, Disney's Hollywood studios, I wouldn't be surprised to see mentions or hear things that Disney can sell. Uh, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing, but because this is Disney's newest toy, so to speak, and coming out on Disney Plus Network. I think they're going to be, and they're spending so much money, I think they're going to be including some of those things where people can say, you know what, I loved the first episode of The Mandalorian. I want some merchandise now. And uh, I think by the end of this uh, eight-episode arc, or eight-episode show, um, we already know we're getting at season two, so that's great. But I think this could end up being the new big thing for Disney and star Wars television show that we were getting an Obi-Wan show. We know that, um, or at least it's in production. Um, what else could we see in the future? I didn't know I wanted the Mandalorian, but now that I've seen that footage, I know that I want the Mandalorian. So what else are we, are they going to throw at us soon? Uh, that we didn't even know we wanted. Uh, I, can't wait to see what's next. And uh, I can't wait for later today. I don't know when it's going to drop, but uh, I'm going to be looking to download that Disney Plus app. And as soon as I get that signed in, you know where I'm going. I'm going straight to watch The Mandalorian. I hope you've enjoyed our first ever episode of The Mandalorian Podcast here on Catcher and Keeper Network. If you've got any feedback for us, please email us at catcher and keeper at gmail.com and we'll see if we can answer it here in a future podcast for now i'm steve lascalzo and may the force be with you always